Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. We'll just steam for it anyway. Full steam ahead. Why? Because you want to sink. You gave up. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. The number one listener-supported radio station on the planet. Not giving up. Revolution Radio. 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 Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined at the banks. Open your eyes at the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics, only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Secret Matrix. Hi, please hold on until we're ready to begin. So hold on for the intro. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is uh, Janet Carroll Lesson. This is the Sacred Matrix, and my co-host today is Dr. Sasha Lesson. And today our guests are Penny Bradley and Joe Lakey. And the second I'll be joined by Kevin Trimmel. And somebody's making noise if you could use in between speaking, that would be great because we're getting a lot of background noise. Is that, is that so, not sure, but however, there we go. Okay, so uh, today we are going to cover. Uh, hold on, speaking until I finish the intro. Okay, so today we're going to cover. Um, just hold on one second. We're we're beginning the show. Okay, um, Doctor Lesson, are you there? Aloha. Hi, honey. Sound check. How are you today? Excellent, Are thank you. you. Yes. Okay, okay. So, um, you know, you and I have been, been investigating and having these various panels and interviewing all these people that are experiencers, and then we um, stumbled upon, I guess, the secret space program experiencers around about the same time as uh, Corey Good came out. But even before that, we had other secret space program people. So I guess it's been two or three years we've been getting a lot of secret space program people so um but uh, you know what i was looking at is like if, if there's all these ongoing books in space that go back to the dawn of time is there any hope at all for humanity to experience that long-awaited predicted golden age aquarius and and if it, if all this fighting is going on what does all this fighting mean and who are the faction does anyone ever win <laughs> what is the purpose does anyone know and um while wars start ancient there appears to be a modern faction of all the nazis and their interactions with extraterrestrial forces and so snowden leaked a few years back all rights are in charge of the usa and virtually the world so what we can't on? hear you janet's okay um somebody's his, got his a lot phone of just doesn't so. His phone just isn't working, Janet. It's not working. Okay. I'll text him that. Anyway, um, so, yeah. So I was just putting a lot of these questions out to the universe. Like, uh, who knows what's going on? Who knows the answers? Are the presidents in the loop? If so, which ones? And who are the Anunnaki? And are they in charge? Or have they been usurped? And anyway, so that was what I had going into today's show. Do you have any questions that you want to have answered or, or you want to express Sasha for tonight's show? And then we'll ask Penny and then we'll go round table until we can figure out either getting uh, Joel in or um, just waiting for Kevin at the top of the hour. Go ahead, sweetheart. Okay. Well, well you know, in, in terms of recent history, the United States uh, lost uh, the battle of the uh, uh, Wet LC. Uh, in 1947, and the uh, uh, Germans who uh, uh, won that battle didn't uh, immediately uh, capitalize because we were aided by the uh, Serpo uh, Greys uh, to uh, develop our own anti-grav, and they, they coached us and so forth. But the Germans won anyway by uh, basically Operation Paperclip, which took the worst of the monsters who tortured children and murdered people and uh, turned my people into lampshades and so forth. Uh, it, it took over the United States and all its corporate uh, uh, and governmental 
uh, and judicial functions. And so uh, right now the Nazis have won and they had the corporate bases here and there. And this has been going on for some time. And they bring their way of uh, regarding uh, humans, uh, other humans, uh, as just uh, things to be used uh, to the this secret space program. And so I think you can go even deeper. You can go into each one of us, how we have a Nazi within us that uh, stifles our, our creativity. And, and we have to look at that, too. But anyway, we're fortunate to have Penny, who's uh, regarded as one of the wisest people I know, to give us a picture of what's really happening out there. Yes, and so um, before I bring Penny on, I wanted to uh, give the mic to a mad painter, Thomas Becker. So you've been at tearing with us on this path for the last few years, and what kind of questions do you have that you want to put on the table for Penny and Kevin and Joel well, or any of the, the main reason, program people? The, the main question I have is why? Why, why is this yeah. all happening? I mean, what's the purpose behind it? Is it control of us? or It just doesn't seem to fit right to me. Right. doesn't seem logical. So well, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the universe doesn't have to be logical. But, you know, it's like, I always think everything yeah, has well, to be logical. Mankind can't be accused of being logical in, in a general sense because we're not. <laughs> Right, right. That's the whole thing. <laughs> well, let's pass this to Penny. Penny, what do you what do you think? Because you have the insiders track on this. You've been there. You've been there since you were a child. You've been back and forth between both worlds. You've been here as a human in an Earth life, and then you you go into that. I mean, it's like living two distinct, separate realities. Because you're in this reality of this whole secret space program, and you're on your uh, Facebook page and all these people are coming forth. You probably know dozens, and I only know you know about a dozen. You have, I don't know how many people have you been in touch with that uh, you know now that you've been doing this for quite a while. How many people are are you personally in touch with that have been involved in the secret space program? Just a guess. Penny. Um, between the two groups that I personally admit. There are probably 2,000 people involved that are actually really veterans and not just curious. Um, those are the ones that I've personally been in touch with. Um, many of them have contacted me for... <coughs> I call it peer counseling, but it's really, they really just want somebody to tell their story to. Um, mm -hmm. They've been shut down by everybody, their families, their doctors, um, their friends, and many of them are very isolated and alone and, and feeling feeling like they're quietly going insane and they have they have variations of the same story and um, the details vary but the basic story is the same and it many of them have physical physical marks when they come back and 
which tells me it's a very 3D kind of experience uh, rather than the multidimensional side. And um, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of people out there that, that are waking up to this. When the final numbers come out, I would not be surprised to see it somewhere around 5 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, the reasons uh, that you, you guys were asking about the reason for the SSP. Um, I haven't talked about it a lot because I'm not sure which ET race it is. Different people blame different ones. But there was an ET race in the 1940s that laid claim to planet Earth as theirs. And we were not in a position to defend ourselves at that point. And so I saw it online and it has since completely disappeared. But I saw where President Eisenhower had been read into this and had... um, he had basically blown his mind. He would, My opinion of him was that he was a decent person who had just been through World War II and seen the most horrific things that have happened in the last couple of thousand years on Earth. And he was dealing with what Stalin was doing in Russia, which was like icing on the cake. And later on, there was also what Mao did in China. And he was, he was dealing with horrors on top of horrors on top of horrors. And to find out that we had lost to the Germans in Antarctica and that they were now actually running things behind the scenes and that... <clears throat> There was an ET race that had laid claim to the Earth and was planning on slowly killing us all off through terraforming. This was just more than he wanted to deal with. And the fact that he couldn't deal with it told him that the American people couldn't deal with it either. And that was the beginning of the secrecy. And that's why I can't find out which... ET race it was is because of all of the secrecy everything is so hidden and if if my memory of it doesn't come up then I can't tell others but this is this is where it comes down to is there is an ET race that has laid claim to the planet and they The powers that be have been trying to figure out how for some of us to survive. That's what the... Okay, so let's look at that. Let's look at that piece right there before we go on. So the stories that we've received is that back in the late 40s, early 50s, some some say 54 in February, the year and month I was born, but we received... um, 
Eisenhower had those visits. And the stories are that the tall whites, or maybe they were the Anunnaki, and that they eventually made a, an agreement with the Greys. But we also have information that the reptilians, not the native reptilians that are underground, but the other reptilians have, um, this has always been a colony of theirs or something, so maybe they came forth. And Sasha, what are the characters, the, the possibilities? We have the tall whites, the grays, the reptilians, the Anunnaki. Who else might be the uh, well, the people that uh, they had the prior claim to Earth are the uh, Dracos, uh, the uh, the uh, the body that became Venus as it passed Earth, raised two continents, Lemuria and Lemuria and uh, Atlantis, and a million years before the Atlant the Atlans settled on Atlantis and became Atlanteans. Uh, the Dracos had spread out from Lemuria all over the planet with their beef, which was the uh, the dinosaurs, and uh, for me, uh, the number one candidate is not our local reptilians, because uh, or the ones in Agartha. Those are those are they've broken off from the Draco Empire, but it seems that it's the super Dracos. Uh, from all the accounts that I've been getting from Sala and from uh, Gonzalez and, and Corey Good and those people, is that there's these grand uh, Dracos from the Draco Empire. Uh, from, uh, Thuban is their is their capital uh, in in Draco. Uh, that's my candidate. All right, and then we have the Anunnaki stories. But what do you think, Penny? Um. My best guess is that it would be the Draco Empire um, because they were one of the races that the, the German mystics contacted and that was the Vril Society and Maria Orsic. The Draco were one of the people that, one of the groups they they did along with Aldabaran and um, there was another group that later the Zeta Greys claimed to be the third group but what we've got going on are all these mystics that are saying welcome space brothers and having these CE5 events are welcoming in all of these races there have been there have been things in place to prevent us from being invaded and all of these okay this is our guest i'm gonna put this on oh i work on this go ahead keep talking um all, all of these mystics that have invited in all of these other beings have because they invited them, they've overridden our protective system. So now, if you're sitting there saying, oh, ETs, come, well, come visit me, you don't know who's going to answer. There, we, Earth, solar, the solar system is just outside a major space portal that 
that handles traffic for this entire arm of the galaxy. We are in a perfect spot to be an empire capital because of that. But we're not advanced enough as a society, either spiritually or technologically, to handle that. So we've been under protection by a group that is known here as the Earth Council. I don't know what their real name is. But they have been protecting the planet from invasion for millennia, um, if not for millions of years. And the Anunnaki originally had to get permission from them to come here to mine gold. So if you wanted to know who was in charge of Earth, it would be the Earth Council. And the okay, people Penny, known as... The people uh, known as... I'm sorry, I just got back because I had to try to get uh, Joel on and he's, he's out of a better location. Could you repeat that for me about, like, who is this Earth Council? Because I had to take the head a little bit. I couldn't listen to what you were saying. Okay. Who are these Earth Council people? They're a group of five ET races that are considered by the rest of the galaxy to be wise. And who are, what races are those? Oh, I can't I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, I would have to look them up and then let you know. But there's a council that has been approved by the rest of the galaxy to protect developing planets. Okay. The thing from Star Trek that they call the Prime Directive, that's real. Only only the prime directive part of it is is so simplistic compared to what the real galactic law is. When a race creates a new race, or as they call it, a life stream, that the creator race is responsible for that life stream until it reaches parity with the galactic civilization that's why we keep having the anunnaki around all the time is because they created humans they weren't the only ones there were 22 other races with their fingers in the pie after the anunnaki were done so yeah. we've got we've got 23 parent races out there and they're all claiming to be our boss because of it and the Earth Council is trying to keep them civilized. And in Wasn't the Wasn't there uh, intervention into our DNA even before the Anunnaki came here? Hasn't this been yes. an ongoing experiment all the uh, time? Homo, so who are these? Homo erectus was a genetically created being, a GMO, that was supposed to be there were, there were several races involved, 12 I believe, but it was supposed to be one strand of DNA from each of the races that were living here and fighting. And it was supposed to be a unity thing where the, the end result would be the descendant of everybody so that they would finally stop fighting. And 
the Anunnaki found this this being and turned it into what we have today as humans. And then other races said, well, this is a lab, so we can play with the lab rats. And that's what's been going on. No one has respected our genetic integrity. And we are on the cusp of the lack and so there's there's a lot of crap going on in the galaxy about this right now. And I know Corey Good has talked about the Guardians. And the reason that they got the response that they did at the Black Meeting is the Guardians are the military of the Earth Council. And they have stolen the assets of every race out there. So You're breaking we, up a little bit, Kenny. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, are you are you stationary or are you moving around? We, we missed what you were saying about the guardians. If you could go over that and yeah, speak the right guardians, into kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm picking up a lot of static from someone else. So okay, everybody uh, mute uh, when you're not speaking. Uh, just if you can all mute when you're not speaking, and then uh, and then uh, Joel, we want to introduce. Well, let's just do this right now. So we're going to pick up about the Guardians, but Joel and Penny, have you met before? I know you're no. both in contact in the desert. Okay, so Joel, meet Penny, Penny, meet Joel. And Joel is uh, part of the Secret Space program as well. So we yeah. can go in a couple directions here. We can we can have Joel come and do an intro uh, so you get to know each other a little bit more. And then you guys can kind of tell well, each other a little bit about the background. Go ahead and do that. Okay, so Joel, go ahead and tell Penny and the rest of the listeners uh, a um, condensed version of your your existence in, in the Secret Space Program, and then we'll go back to Penny, and then we'll go back to like a roundtable discussion and ask each other questions. Okay, take it away, uh, Joel. Okay, um, I was uh, taken into the Secret Space Program when I was six years old. Uh, then I, I was transfused with uh, reptilian DNA and another... Um, pink substance, I don't know what it was. And then overnight, I grew eight feet tall, turned into a thousand pounds, super soldier, half reptilian, half humanoid. And I had our training grounds in Utah, underground bases there. And then we quickly ascended to the moon and Mars, did our our 20 and back missions there. And then I quickly climbed the ranks to become uh, General Hendricks. And then I served directly in the Dark Fleet uh, underneath the White Royal Reptilian. Uh, the Royal that I served, he was he had his half his skull missing, and he had a crystal dome rock surface over his brain, which enhanced his uh, psychic abilities. Uh, he he was on the on, always on the bridge, and I was his right hand man. I was his general that controlled his battalions. And as of today, I'm still serving in a secret space program. They take my consciousness out of my body at night and they throw it into my super soldier avatar body and we do our thing. So it's pretty much just the basic of it. Okay. Hey, hey Penny, you have feedback, comment, questions? Penny? Uh, that's pretty, pretty much in line with what I know that Kruger does, yeah? Yeah. Do you have any yeah. questions for, for Joel? Um, at what point were you transferred to 
Dark Fleet? Uh, well, I in my past reincarnations, I spend most of my time on in reptilian homeworlds and and in reptilian bodies. So I serve directly. Uh, they picked me because they I'm family with them. I used to be a white part of a white royal family in a past reincarnation or another world. And so in this incarnation, when they saw who I was, they wanted to work with me because it's all about loyalty with them. So they, they knew they could trust me. So. Next question. Okay. Um, I'm on mute for a while here. So you guys, uh, Sasha, you want to talk and, and Matt, anybody wants to ask questions, go ahead and just kind of go popcorn for a little bit here. So, what do you do there? What do I do? Uh, travel the universe with the Dark Fleet, uh, invade worlds, defend worlds, liberate worlds. Uh, most of it is uh, time travel warfare. Um, a lot of it is going to different reptilian worlds and um, training with their military groups. And they ask me for my opinion. Honestly, there's certain soldiers they train to see, see if I can have any input on how to change or make it better. Uh, they're mostly about perfection. Um, a lot of it is I'll do training programs with the new upcomers. I'll train them how to fight and train them how to use their new avatar bodies. Um, it's just like the movie Avatar, like once your consciousness is in a new body, it's kind of hard. It's kind of weird and different hard for a new consciousness to figure out how to use a body like they have to get used to it um, a lot of it will be school training programs uh i'll be like an instructor sometimes i'll train them um and then some of it's just like most of it's just battle field fighting and uh you have such a lust for it because as a reptilian you don't have emotions you just have aggression and lust and just dominance that's all, all i feel in the body Are there any uh, plans to stop this war? Go ahead, Sasha. Your turn. Go ahead, Sasha. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to know about uh, your weapons and the uh, the weapons that your opponents had and uh, how they work. And uh, they, uh, if you have, could you give us a little of that? I'd really like that. The weapons that I personally use, there actually is a thing called the lightsaber. That's a real thing. But the lightsaber they have is. Uh, uh, it's about 12 inches long the handle and the the top part can have a like a like a light laser that comes out of it like kind of like a sword thing and but the bottom of it if you flip it upside down and point at someone like a flashlight and you hit this button it'll actually shoot like lasers and kill kill someone that's most of the weapons we use and then uh, we'll use these backpack drones that we wear it's like a drone backpack you wear and it's connected in your mind and these drones can fly off your backpack and go off and like use laser technology to kill people or blow up walls and stuff like that or scan areas and tell you where things are stuff like that how do you protect yourself against uh the enemy's weapons we have a we have a shield uh generator so everything is connected with our mind of our our psychic consciousness so say uh, i'm going up to an enemy i can project a shield in front of me and like a, a shield will project in front of me and it'll stop incoming like um, let's just say lasers or bullets or whatever type of technology they have to shoot back at you. But most of our stuff is speed, so we'll like we'll just like run at them and like we can teleport ourselves and like attack them and stuff like that. 
Um, you know, uh, uh, Andy Bishago and several other people have talked about seeing a whole, whole piles of what looked like either dead bodies or uh, a bunch of blue uniforms on the on the surface of Mars. Uh, do you know anything about that? Was there's there any mass a, Yeah, killings? I know. There's, everything is a color-coded organization there. So, like, I'll be on a, on a, not even on Mars, on other worlds, uh, there'll be every reptilian army, there's, like, so there'll be like the blue, the blue, the blue group, which is like their all their armor would be blue. Then there'll be the red group, all the armor would be red. Then there'll be like yellow, white, green, and so on. They'll be for different factions. It's almost kind of like uh, Star Wars, like how they have those clone troopers, so they have different colors. So they're just for different, they're just for different tactics and use and stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. So. This just seems to be war for the sake of war. There seems to be no real meaning. What is the goal? What do they hope to accomplish? Do they ever negotiate peace? Do they ever hope to have peace? Well, no, no, no. I, as I've told you guys at last interview, we did this. Um, I just think mm-hmm. that I am a starseed, so I am a being half light and half darkness. But I choose to incarnate into reptilian worlds because I, I get along with them better. But um, there is like a faction of the reptilians that do want peace like there we don't want to wipe the you'll never wipe the reptilians out but they they want there some of them do want peace but some of them are holding on to the old ways and want war and dominance and them to be the number one type thing okay i thought i saw kevin coming in but i guess he's not here he just dropped off well he told me okay. to call him Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he said the top of the. Uh, or he he's told he, you to call. He's here now. He's here. Okay. Okay, Kevin. Are you Hi. are you there? Hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're here with uh, Penny, and Joel, who's uh, uh, explaining his story and and taking some questions. So, um, let's see. Have you have you ever met uh, Penny Brady before or Joel? Uh, yeah, I've spoken to Penny, and we've done some interviews together, so I'm familiar with her. Um, I, I haven't spoken to Joel before, so um, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, if he wants to just continue talking, I'll just listen. Okay, um, go ahead, Joel, and say hi to uh, Kevin, and then uh, when you're when Joel's uh, done, maybe Kevin, you might have some questions for him. Sure. So do go I ahead. Do I have to tell my intro? Do I have to tell my intro again? Um, I did read your bio, so I have somewhat of a background. Um, just just, uh, con- uh, just continue where you were. Uh, again, sorry to interrupt. Just continue where you were, and um, and then, yeah, um, well, I can ask you some questions later. They were just asking me questions about, like, like like blue group military on the surface and stuff like that. And I was just explaining to them the different uses of color-coded army groups. And that was another question, so they can ask another question mm-hmm. and continue with that. Oh, look! I want to know about something about the uh, about the uh, uh, Draco. Some people say that uh, they are. Uh, Stuart Swerdlow says it's uh, they uh, don't need to uh, have a, a, a babies by sexual intercourse, but they do have sexual intercourse in male and female. But they're andro- they're androgynous yeah, they too, and so I get really confused. Oh, no, how, oh, trust me. As a reptilian, uh, when I'm in a reptilian body, we have a lot of sex with each other. Uh, but there is, we don't really do the baby thing. What most of it is is just genetic. Um, they'll, like, create some... Like, so if they want to create a sex slave, they'll create the perfect 
sex slave and like a test tube type baby, and they'll born it that way because they'll genetically modify it the way they want. They want to make the perfect soldier. They'll just make it a test tube baby into the perfect genetically modified kid. And then what they'll do is they'll just clone their bodies and they'll just transfer their consciousness into the new body once the old body's old or got killed. Thank you. Where are these experiences taking place? Is, are you in a, on a planet? Are you in space? On a, a moon? Every time, I go, every time I go to bed, uh, they'll take me out of my consciousness and throw me into an avatar. So they'll take my consciousness out of my body. Um, I'll be asleep for maybe like four hours Earth time, but I'll be gone for like weeks, months, two years at time. Um, it'll be always off-world, always off-world. Uh, mostly on planets, the surface of planets, um, sometimes in space. Um, but when I arrive into my avatar, we're already on the, on the ground, and then I see their spaceship land and the doors open, these giant warrior-type reptilians walk out, and they come and greet me, and we look at each other like with respect. And then I'm already there, like, covered in blood, like I just decimated an army with my troops and stuff like that, and they're asking for an update. And, because uh, most generals, we, we fight alongside our soldiers out of respect and stuff like that. Okay, Kevin, do you have any questions or comments or feedback? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, just from what I've heard. Um, so, Jewel, um, so you're saying they um, they like borrow your consciousness um, at night and you're put into um, like um, like various uh, avatars like not you're not uh, being put into the same um, like clone body. I have body. multiple avatars. I have, I have a lot of avatars. I have a I have one that's on Earth that we use to go into the underground bases. It's like a half super soldier. It's not like really a full one. It's more of a human super soldier. The one that's on the Dark Fleet is like almost like fully reptilian, but with a humanoid features, a super soldier body. Um, I can go off, I can also, because there's a third trait, I'm also a starseed, so I can also go into just my true form from my home planet and go do off-world things in my light ship, what has nothing to do with Earth or secret space program or anything, just other things. Right. So, uh, you want to tell? Oh, go ahead, keep going. Uh, yeah, just one more question. So, uh, you feel this is um, uh, like the the SSP um, program you're involved in? Um, you feel it's uh, this is Dark Fleet, like the Nakwafen uh, Nazi faction that's doing this? I I never seen like when I'm working, it's never with humans. It's only with reptilians. It's only reptilian armies. Um, I I when I work with uh, the military that we work with, like the battalions of control, they're always wearing full body armor, like helmets and stuff like that. So I can't really, I don't really look into see them, their faces or anything like that. Um, my comrades that I work with, I know they're um, either full reptilian or like mostly humanoid, human, rep, there's a lot of reptilian features to them. Um, what else? What was the question again? Oh, I was just asking um like uh, when you're serving in the program, uh, if you if you're uh, serving with uh, like the Nakwaf and Dark Fleet, uh, like Fourth Reich Nazi fashion uh, faction. Well, um, I had an experience. Sorry to interrupt you. When how, when you guys say something, some image will pop in my head, and I just, I have to say it. It's like my psychic thing. Um, I had an experience two nights ago where I was on the surface of 
some planets. And I remember there was a battle going on and I looked up in the sky and it's the dark fleet that just arrived, the triangle ships and those teardrop black ships up in the sky. And uh, the people that were invading, they, uh, they were shooting back and shooting down the ships. I remember that. And I remember the ships landing on the surface. And then, like I said, like the reptilians would come out and we're trying to figure out like how to win this battle. So that was literally two nights ago and I was gone for like almost a year, but only six hours passed on earth. Right. Okay. So um, one more question. Uh, so do you think uh, um, like uh, you're saying that uh, some of your avatars, you're being put into a reptilian body. Uh, so would that be the Draco that are putting you in a reptilian body so you can work alongside them um or is it um actually the nazis that are are, are doing this to be honest with or you all you my know. experiences all uh, no i don't know all my experiences are like movie trailers so it's not like it's just like one scene it's like a multiple scenes of an entire movie like just like flickering in my head like a like a like a movie trailer so it's like i'm trying to like fit things together uh the most common thing out of all that there's no emotion in any of it it's like an emotional experience um like there's no emotions so you're sitting there doing your thing and you know exactly what you're doing and how to present to them like different ways of cultures and respecting them in different ways um most of it is teleportation through portals uh, like Stargates, uh, and then most of it's just on ships, dark fleet ships. And um, I know I was part of the MeLab programs because I have the ringing in my left ear, which most super soldiers have. And I remember being in classrooms as a kid and being looking in mirrors when I was in training programs of my super soldier body, what I looked like. I remember exactly what I looked like. I wish I had someone I knew that could draw it for me. And uh, I don't know the basic names or anything like that. I just know they refer to me as General Hendricks. So. Okay. Well, yeah, that was a pretty good answer. Thank you. Yeah. So, Kevin, you want to explain uh, to um, everybody your story, who you are? A little bit uh, like a brief version, but... Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it brief. Yeah, I'll keep it brief because I know Penny is already familiar with me. I'll, I'll do it for Joel's benefit. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, I was abducted in November of 2008 by a white TR3, uh, and um, I did um, a 20 and back, uh, as far as I can really? tell. And um, it was actually exactly a year ago today that I met with Tony Rodriguez in person near the U.S.-Canada border. And um, he, he's the one that really helped me develop a timeline and explain to me how the time travel worked. Um, and yeah. um, according, to, according to him, he was explaining how... Uh, uh, when when he asked me like so when were you first taken I'm like well I was 19 years old it was in 2008 so he said oh so you're still out there and I, and I didn't know what he what he meant by that but what he meant yeah, by that yeah. was um because they um they create two of you so uh, my my clone is actually still out there and um, since it's two, uh, 2018 um, I'm half done so um, uh, my clone's been out there for 10 years. Um, so that's why I'm still getting recalls all the time because we share dreams and, um, uh, my, my role in, in, in the solar warden, uh, SSP program is to be, um, an empath, but they don't call it an empath. They call it an ET interface. And basically what it involves is, um, uh, they just put me into rooms, um, with, uh, various beings they want me to interface with. Uh, some are, some of them are, um, Beings they have uh, treaties with, other beings are captured beings, um, all various types. Um, they're there for different reasons, uh, and I'm supposed to interface with them and receive um, uh, a telepathic download, and uh, and then I have to put that into a report. 
And um, I also um, have recalls of uh, attending conferences uh, with um, various types of extraterrestrials that the, the Solar Warden and the uh, ICC uh, meet with. And um, I also have recalls with Elena Kapolnik, uh, who was an instructor on Mars. And uh, the Solar Warden Navy faction actually um, outsourced their training for a lot of their personnel uh, and uh, to the ICC on Mars. And uh, I remember Elena in particular um, as a facilitator that uh, helped to train uh, the people in my group. Um, so I think that's a pretty good, just, you know, brief overview. Yeah. No, I've had the similar experiences I had, uh, when I, one of the, when I was first taken and I was in the classrooms, I remember giving, they gave me an iPad and there was five options on the screen. They said, pick one. And if I pick, if I press one, that means I'm fully in. And I remember there was, uh, Mars, uh, Mars was one option. And then another one was global elite. I remember clicking on Mars because I had a past reincarnation there, and that's where I started my training, uh, more advanced training in these underground bases on Mars. There's the colonies of Mars, and I remember training on the surface of Mars. There's a small atmosphere there. I remember flying in these hover helicopters um, over these um, this area where all these... Um, that movie Avatar is the, the two-legged and two-armed robot machine where humans work and stuff. Each each of them had a hut, and I remember uh, some guy talking to me about like how how do you how do you think they look? How do you like how is there anything we can do to prove these units for battle? And then uh, I talked to Ken Johnson about that, and he said he had this similar experience of flying one of those hover helicopters on Mars because he also was in the program too. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's that's fascinating. No, I remember being in the underground bases. I remember they 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 had basketball courts. It's it's a it's a base for like those those colonies. They're slave workers, and everything had smooth surfaces and it was all white. And I remember I was part of like a infiltration program to keep an eye on like certain people that were just trying to start shit or start revolutions in the underground bases. And I'd always report back and like kind of be like a spy or an infiltrator. That was like one of my first assignments when I first signed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Mars. Um, uh, I, yeah. I have a recalls of Mars. It. Uh, that's that's where things got really strange. Because at first, um, I, um, you know, I was taken to a base in the Arctic. Um, don't remember too much there. I think it was more of like a medical um, prepping yeah, station. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, when they first take you, they actually typically take you to like, um, uh, or at least in my case, they take you to like a, an underground base on the Earth, and it's like for medical prepping, and then. From there, I was taken yeah. to the, the Lunar Operations Command on the moon, and that was more a, like... Or were you in a super soldier body? No, no, I was just in my regular body because um, I wasn't a soldier. Okay. And uh, I was just a yeah, civilian. My training program was the underground bases of Utah where they first did the medical programs on us. And they, like, do surgery on my heart to get ready for, like, the upgrade to the super soldier body. And that's then I'm, that's all I remember of that part incident, so... <laughs> Right. Uh, so, yeah, um, your role would have been a lot different than mine, and yet there's a lot of sim similarities in terms of the places they take you, like deep deep underground military bases, Lunar Operations yeah, Command. Um, like when they took us there, uh, it was like orientation, and that's kind of where they, they kind of sold us like on, on the whole idea of like, because they, they needed to get your permission. So they, it was yeah, like yeah, the sales pitch. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, yeah, like questionnaires. Yeah. Um, a bit of orientation about like what we what to expect um, based on the role that um, 
uh, they had given you. And uh, so it all yeah. kind of sounded almost good at that point. Like, like. Uh, well, they do testing on you first to see what you're what you what you're going to be good at, right? And mine showed leadership leadership skills. That's why I eventually wrote the general. But I remember when they first created our super soldiers' bodies and they did the training in the underground bases, Utah. A few of us used to escape because we would actually like when they create us, they remove all of our emotion and then they make us inert and they only leave us with like aggression and uh, like um, discipline. But I remember a few of us would just like wake up and snap out of it. And we'd be like, we'd be like, it's totally loose. I'd be like, Oh my God. Like I was just a kid, like two minutes ago. Why am I this big monster? Now we'd escape and run away. And then they just hunt us down and capture us and reprogram our brains until we're finally perfect. Remember those incidents too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. Especially uh, being yeah. a soldier. Well, um, they would yeah. make us do things, right? They would test us. So once they created us and removed our emotion, they would give us assignments. Like, okay, jump off this 100-foot cliff and do it without hesitation. And they would start doing it. But then some of us would start waking up because we're star seats. Our higher consciousness would wake up our mind. But hey, like, this is not you, who you are, right? And then that's how they would, like, they'd make you, like, kill someone. They would take, say, hey, snap that guy's neck and you do it. You have to do it, like, without hesitation. And then they know you would be the perfect soldier, right? Right. Well, well, in my program, we were put through five years at Langley first, uh, but that was in the 1950s, and um, they did the mind fracture first, which would end up with the disassociate that you're talking about with no feeling whatsoever, and then they would train you to for your various altars to be able to do anything that they wanted you to do, including kill people or animals or anything with just your mind at the time. And when I was was nine, I was sent to Mars, and the colonists raised me as basically an orphan. And so I was put through Shula at at Aries Prime, and um, as soon as I was old enough, they put me in. Uh, they put me in what on earth would be called a jet, but it was actually a, a plasma fighter plane. And I was in a unit called the Valkyrian, that were women fighter pilots in the Mars. And I was there till 1990. And then I was a navigator on a Nachtwaffen ship, which is the German Fourth Reich fleet uh, up there that, that most people call Dark Fleet. And You're breaking up again. We, uh, we did uh, material support for your unit or one like it. Amazing stories, I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, let, let me just uh, ask us, us this very fascinated by this kill uh, with your mind. Uh, the stories of, of Jesus is that he, uh, in, in uh, Alexandria, he killed another boy with his mind and then brought him to life. He killed yeah. birds and then brought them back to life. And so, what I don't hear from your story is you could kill people with your mind, but could you oh, or I they bring people yeah. back? Could you bring yes. people back too? Yes, um, 
my breakout psychic event after I was reactivated in in 2013 was I raised a man from a coma just by sheer will. So yes, I can I can raise people from the dead as well as kill them. Yeah, my Thank experience you. and my I have I have similar experiences. I I didn't kill them, but what I would do is I could move them with my mind. Like um so if I was in a battle and I was like, you know, like cutting someone in half with my laser sword or something like that. And if there was someone coming to left me, I could just push them with my mind like a thousand feet away from me. Or I could like twist the arm and break it with my mind and stuff like that. Or I could move metal objects with my mind. The same stuff like in Star Wars, like what Jedi's do. You can easily do all that stuff. I never like physically well, sat there and you, killed someone you with my can head. Only, you can only do it because you're DNA modified. Normal basic humans cannot do this. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Because when, when they made us, they, they strap you into this big machine of my human body. Then they then after they did heart surgery first, then they put these massive needles, one in your heart, one down your shoulder. And then you see these giant uh, tubes on one on each side of you full of red reptilian blood because they so they drain your own blood then they inject all this reptilian blood into you which unlocks all your genetic codes because you we have reptilian within us and then they put this really small vile pink substance inside of you and then you drop and you wake up and you're eight feet tall thousand pounds super soldier and then um, you have all these new powers and stuff the pink stuff is adrenochrome and it it's um, it's made out of the adrenal glands of human children. Oh wow! What does that do for you? It it basically the way they're using it. It's a catalyst for the DNA modification. Now my DNA modification was done while I was an embryo, so I have always in this body been the way I am. And they used me in my natural body in space. Um, I, I was time-traveled. And so any ability that I had when I was on Mars, I have now on Earth. That's amazing. I still have psychic. In this body, I have empathic abilities and psychic abilities, but only to do with me. So I can, like, someone, like, na someone's name will pop in my head and I'll see them that day, or a feeling will pop in my head of somebody, and that um, that negative feeling will happen within seconds, like, before it happens. Like, those are the things I can do in this body. Well, when they, when they released me to live among normals, they put in yeah. a, they put in a firewall where that I have to I have to believe that my life is in danger to be able to use my abilities. Yeah, I and, that. and I've learned how to override that if I'm needing to do something. Yeah. But I'm not out to hurt people, so um generally I, I work in defense of the of the common basic person. Yeah. I must have something within me because when my life was threatened, I was able to overpower, you know, a man that was, you know, much stronger and bigger and more powerful than I was in, you know, normal waking life and I, I put him on the ground. 
so but my thoughts were not about self-preservation but I just had a thought while you guys were talking that perhaps this um, this kicks in because the the avatar is important right so this form that so many people have invested time and money in has to be preserved as a as an avatar for Janet the, the soul being essence I mean I'm just reaching but I was trying to figure this out because it's always puzzled me how I could do this and why it happened. But there's well, been several incidents where it's not just adrenaline, it's way beyond what adrenaline can do. Yeah, know? it's way beyond yeah. adrenaline. It it's you're tapping into your your psi abilities that were either ge- genetically modified oh. or hold that thought. We weren't paying attention to the time. We 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 me being one. Okay, back in five minutes. Hold tight everybody. Worship break. will give you those truths when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in network you'll know just what to do we will draw you in and become your news addiction at event horizons join us monday through friday from 10 a.m to noon eastern time at freedomslips.com at revolution radio our world team members are dennis fetcho john Ilias, david dunger hyla cass md melanie richton jim mars paula harris john trello Maria Payan, christopher husser d-o-d-d-s jonathan orchard and me your anchor dr robin falco not to volunteer it will not be held against you in any way sounds dangerous it is very dangerous count me in that's right here revolution radio freedomslips.com where information never sleeps data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. 
Over three gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a megavirus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers will squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here A visiting Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth-dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitors' peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. May God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. Got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio.
every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomslips.com, the people station. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Matrix, and I'm Janet Carol Lesson with Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson, and we have a panel today with Penny Bradley, Kevin Trimble, and Joe Leahy. These are all secret space program people, and they all have incredible stories, and we're piecing together the puzzles, and we're talking to each other, and uh, we're going to have to backtrack to some of that conversation during the break. We need to get on air here and get recorded and everything. Need to hear about it and comment about it. But before we get back to our show, I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to the donation button and make your donation for um, the, the Revolution Radio. And we do need your donation. And the Mad Painter, what's going on with our goal? How far are we away, away from uh, that? We, we have eighteen eighty four, and we need twenty six hundred, and it's very. It's not anywhere up to par. We sure appreciate it if you donate. Uh, before you leave the chat room, please click on one of the ads because we get uh, a couple of pennies every time you do that. So, Excellent, excellent. Okay, Sasha, add your commentary before we go back, and let's try to capture what was said during the break. That was okay, one of the most interesting. One of the most interesting things to me uh, was uh, the stuff, Joel, that you were saying about uh, loyalty, if you're disloyal uh, once, uh, you're dead and so forth. And I'm thinking about uh, the theoretical person, Billy Jack, who stood up to Lieutenant Callie when he said, waste all those villagers. Uh, and and uh, I just that's what makes me human is that I'm not going to follow an order for loyalty because I have a higher consciousness. That's what I think. No, that's, that's the human side of you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah let's talk about the reptilians. Everybody wants to make the reptilians a demon in this play, and you're sharing some very good things. Yeah, go ahead. I'll talk about that. Yeah, so as, yeah. A reptilian, mm-hmm. as a reptilian, what a reptilian does in their mind, brain, thought pattern, that's a normal thing. So just to say a cat eats a bird, that's evil to the bird, but to us a cat is the most cutest thing in the world, right? So if a reptilian goes up and eats a human for sustenance, that's just him eating a normal person. That's just eating, eating a snack. If a human eats a cow, that's just, you know, us eating a cow. But to a cow, we're, we're the reptilian, right? Does that make sense to you guys? There's no such thing as evil. That, it's just that, perception of what evil is. Yeah. That that makes uh, sense, but uh, you, uh, you, you uh, were... Uh, it's it sort of bugs my mind that you're still a human and you're being ordered to kill uh, people you don't even know. Uh, I, I just there's a part of me that says I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I did. Well, 
if in our understanding of so reptilian, so when I'm in my avatar, I have no emotion. So they say, like, so example, we'll be in a gymnasium with other super soldiers and they'll say, okay, general, show, show them a quickest way to kill someone. So I'll grab someone near me and I'll just break their neck and kill them, right? And I have no emotion to it. So if you remove emotion, there's no thought pattern to think about uh, emotional of a kill when you kill someone you kill someone but you're just remember you're just killing their avatar you actually can't kill a soul so their soul leaves that avatar and gets put into another avatar make sense so if you even kill a human you're just killing the human vessel their 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 soul can go into another human vessel if it chooses to but aren't you uh aren't you in my service they would be dumped into a regeneration tank and come back in the same body. Oh, yeah, you can with, do that, too. With yeah. full memory of what had just been done to them. Yeah, you have, the best way to learn from mistakes is to remember them, right? If you, exactly. Like, the best way to, yeah, the best way to learn is to get beat up by someone superior. Learn how you got beat up, change it so you don't get beat up next time. That's just the best way. That's called being like survival. Now, what we've got going on here is we've got a couple of folks that have never been military. And probably a lot of listeners who have never been military who are just completely, totally aghast at this concept. Well, well, but have, so. having, having worked, having lived through the Mars Wars myself, I served, I was on Mars from 1964 to 1990, and during that entire time, the humans on Mars were in a war of their own creation against mantids and and raptors, and the the Draco were our allies in this. And so, yes, you have this this thing. You are told to kill someone, and you do it because it's your orders. You don't think, you don't question, you don't even think twice. It's you do, you just do it and people who have never served in the military at all cannot fathom this people who have never served in a black ops military <clears throat> cannot fathom that you have been through mind control um, the earlier generations like mine you went through five years of mind fracture and then training in how to use your abilities before you ever saw service so they've they've made it where that that they're doing it younger and younger from what i can tell from what joel said i guess the issue of permission uh, c comes up I, uh, you know uh, surely your little child you didn't give permission I was an embryo when I was initially modified. Yeah, yeah. How? So what how, kind of how does a, how does an embryo give consent? How yeah, does a how does a four year old, which is the age I was when I was kidnapped, how does a four year old give consent? Um, Joel said that he was six. How does a six year old give consent? I mean, really and truly. How is this possible? We have the age of consent in California is 18 for it, for contracts. You're not allowed, right. if, if you're signing a contract before the age of 18, one of your parents has to co-sign. 
So this and entire I, I process, this entire process is based on lies. Children that young cannot give consent, and they're not being mm -hmm. given informed consent in the first place. They're they're being told, "Oh yeah, can you help us? Can you help us?" They're not told you're going to be mind fractured and come back damaged, and you're not going to be able to feel emotions other than than aggression or or dominance. They're not told this is what the, what's going to happen to them. And I'm sorry we lost Joel. Hope we can. No, yeah, we no, lost you, Joel. We're trying to get him back. Um, and I, I just wanted to add a comment, and then I'll pass the talking stick to you, Sasha. But I, the, the whole thing is confusing to me because I've had this going on since I was, you know, in the crib, right? Basically, and um, and especially at four, I was up on a shift. But my experiences have been positive. <laughs> So that and you it remember. just saddens me. It saddens you remember. me. I have. I remember tons of my experiences. Tons. And of I do them. think. Um, I do uh, think, Janet. Um, the reason why yours tend to be more positive. Um, uh, there is. Um, there is. It's not just the human secret space program. There's. The, there's various ET secret space program that bring in humans. Um, so, uh, more positive beings. Um, you know, like uh, may may have used you. Um, and it's, it's, it's like, whereas Penny, I mean, she was, um, abducted by, by the fourth Reich, which is about as a negative as you can get in terms of right. the human secret space, secret space program. So, you know, there's, there's degrees and there's also different programs out there. And some of them are more, um, more like fourth and fifth density and higher, um, ET races that still, uh, use star seeds, uh, that are related to them on a soul level. Right, and then I have another friend, and hers has been positive, and she says, we've never even met a reptilian, <laughs> you know, and she's got this whole uh, story of the leech of cheese with, hi, uh, we're, we're, uh, we'll have you, thanks, for, we got you back, okay, so just hold, hang yeah. on there, so we're, uh, so I'm just working out a little piece of my puzzle, so I'm shocked when I hear all the negative stuff, but I hear a lot of positive things as well. And so I'm just looking at it, the, the whole continuum, the whole spectrum. It goes from extreme dark to extreme light. And so, so I look at the that whole solar warden experience in the or secret space <laughs> program thing. Yeah. So um, um, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not so sure about that, Kevin. My experience with dealing with solar warden was that that they were number two, number two, so they tried harder. Okay. Well, yeah, but. Um, it's because they have older tech, and um, the Navy is its own little faction. Um, but what I mean by the, I, I mean caught in the middle. That's kind of more what oh, I mean okay. because they're like, uh, you know, they're trying to be the Coast Guard of the solar system. They, um, they're trying to, you know, protect our our um, solar airspace um, with outdated tech. So yeah, they do have to try harder and and be a little bit more creative and problem solve because they can't really um, compete with. Um, with a lot of the uh, incoming craft that they come up against. And they also can't compete with the tech, the ICC and uh, the Fourth Reich have. So they're doing their best and um, they have some allies um, that uh, are willing to support them like ET allies, but they're outgunned, outclassed, and they're basically running around trying to keep us under the dome as best they can to contain um, the secret space program and various conflicts so that the um, primitive worker, um, you know, uh, doesn't become aware of this stuff. Uh, so I just mean they're just caught in the middle. Mm. I agree. Well, I, I've seen 
Solar Warden in some battles where where they shouldn't have been, and <laughs> yeah, and transporting Space Marines and um, <clears throat> I mean, how many Space Marines? And we're talking U.S. Marine Corps here, fought in the Mars War. Because we we have Michael Ralph and Randy Kramer both talking about that they served in it. So there's there's lots of people all over doing all sorts of things that their higher ups are not admitting to. So I know that my um, my crew, my unit on Mars, we had a captain who was who was Nachtwaffen, even though we were the Mars Militia at that point. And he served under a white royal Draco who had, who did not have the, the quartz cover over his brain that Joel talked about. But um, my captain was the one that ordered Randy Kramer's Battle of the Blender. And... The Draco came and gutted him for it because that was a violation of the treaty that the Draco had just signed and that was a complete and total dishonor to the Draco that their underlings, Nachtwaffen, had violated their treaty that they had just signed. So... Yeah, my captain was dumped into the regen tank and was a much more humble person after that. But this is the way that that the military in space operates. We're not talking about nice guys that that go in and say, oh, we're taking over your planet today. No. Well, they go through with with weapons, and if you give them too much resistance, they blow your planet out of the sky. I have another story about that if you want to hear about it. <laughs> sure. About, about, about our tactics we use. So when we invade a planet or, um, say, another alien group attacks us, what we'll do is we'll go to their planet, and we'll put on such a show, like such a gruesome aftermath, aftermath battle, like will destroy their planet so bad. It's just like the same thing like um, that um, general back in the Roman days where he would uh, invade a place and he would pit everyone on spikes. Like, so mm-hmm. like it was such a gruesome warfare that you would never want to screw with Rome ever again. It was called shock and awe campaigns. We would make sure that no one would ever want to screw with us because we were so gross and deadly and disgusting how we would kill them. There's a short film on YouTube it's called Raka, R-A-K-K-A. It describes kind of politely what I've watched the Draco do to planets who rebelled against the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, every so often when people forget about who, who we're dealing with, I'll... I'll post that in one of my groups just to remind them this is who this is who the Germans are allied with. Mm-hmm. So I've 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 uh, had some memories of in my um, recent um, as being a general I've actually rebelled against some orders that I was given to me because um, 
they would treat my soldiers like um like meaningless pawns like they would just like even uh-huh. they, they would send the soldiers into a battle like they'd order me to send soldiers into battle me well knowingly they'd just get slaughtered for no reason and there'd be some yeah. inst- inst- instances where i would look at my my commander and i would say uh it's no i'm not giving that order and they would like severely punish me for it but i would rather take the punishment than sending my troops off to get killed um I was I was a lieutenant in the um, in Nachtwaffen, so I was an officer, and even though I was on the ship as a navigator, there would be times that I would stand toe to toe with my captain and say, "No, I'm not ordering my people to do that," and um, I would usually be called a miskabert, which is. Um, it roughly translates into an abortion that lived. That's what they tend to call me there when I act up. But I would tell them point blank, you have all of these assets that you have invested all this time and money and training, and you want me to order them to their deaths on a whim? Why? I, I put it in terms of, you're always talking about productivity, well, this is an unproductive concept. This is, this is inconsistent with, with the productivity that you're constantly talking about. And you're wasting the, the, the program's resources. And they, yeah. they, that's the only logic that they understood. Yeah, that's why um, when I would disobey orders from the command my troops like word would get out and I, my troops would were very fond of me because i always fought amongst them i always if we had to go into battle so it's like it wasn't always bad like there was some like things where we'd go to a planet that was devastated by uh natural disasters or like tectonic plates mm-hmm. would shift and there'd be a massive flood to wipe out the population we'd have to go down there and save the survivors there was one instance where there was an alien group attacking another uh, planet and they use uh weather and um, flooding and tsunamis to destroy their enemy. And then after they would uh, invade the planet with their troops. So we were on the ground uh, this, and we were fighting, fighting uh, amongst the troops. And then we, I, look, I remember looking behind me when I was in the forest and there was this massive tidal wave coming towards us. So we were running up the hill as fast as we can to get away from this um, tidal wave. And I ordered the troops to climb the trees. We climbed the trees like really fast and we get up to the top and we see the water go underneath us and wipe out all the homes of these villagers and stuff like that. Then we climb down and then we're walking through the villagers. We're looking through the farmhouses. There's like dead animals and horses, not like horses, but they kind of look like horses. And mm-hmm. then the smell of it. Then I remember going up to this, this mountain and there was like uh, uh, another military base that was the good guys. And we were banging on the door like, we're here to help. We're here to help. We're so-and-so. We're part of this group. They'd open up and they'd let us in. They're like, they're like who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm General Hendricks here. I'm, I'm part of the some this so-and-so command. We're here to help you guys fight against uh, the invaders. And they would like, thank us for it. And they were working on a device to... Um, to this army had a one weakness their immune system was shitty towards some certain type of bacteria so i remember they told me to go into this room and they're like 
what do you think of this bacteria? Do you think this will work to kill their biology? And I said, I think it might work. So I remember I covered myself with this type of bacteria. And all I had to do was go up to their army and get one of them touch me. They would spread among them like a disease. And I remember standing there with no weapons in my hands. And their commander, uh, invading commander, came up to me. With, he had two swords in his hand. He had bright blue eyes with pale white skin, like kind of like a Walking Dead type alien with long white hair. He comes <laughs> up to me, and I'm like, and I know he's a honor. I'm sorry. I know he's a. That, it's okay. I know he's an honor perfect, system. Yeah. That's a perfect description of a tall white, and you're saying it's like a Walking Dead alien. Okay. Well, he, he just looked really battled up. Like, he was a veteran for sure. And I remember uh, challenging him to a one-on-one combat fight with no weapons. And he and his army looked at him, and he said, I accept your challenge. And I oh, just knew in my head all, all I had to do was get him to touch me. And so we started yeah. to wrestle and fight, and he touched me, and his skin started to dissolve. And then his troops' skin started to dissolve. They're all confused, and their entire army just dropped. And then everyone looked at me and cheered, like, hooray, hooray, like, thanks for helping. And then I remember we left after that. Well, what Nachtwaffen had was a time device where we would, we called it redialing or rephoning. And we would go back in time to before the incident and rescue everybody. So we had... We talked about it last time, yeah. We have have very low... Um, personnel losses because we would do that and yeah. we would we would even bring out slaves um, Nachtwaffen had a different policy than some of the other groups um, that we had purchased those slaves they were our assets they were of value to us or we would not have purchased them and we treated them with the dignity of humanity or whatever their race was um, because not all of our slaves were humans but uh, to be honest everybody in the in the secret space program is a slave it's just in a hierarchy system so we didn't waste them they they were purchased assets and they were as valuable as the ships or anyone else in there. They just were at a lower station. And um, I know Tony talks about when he was burnt. And Tony Rodriguez, I don't know if you know him or not, but Kevin and I do. And um, he talks about that, that he was burnt Badly, And the reason that he wasn't rescued out of that was because what he did saved the, that colony. And um, it, it was necessary. Now, what surprised me was that they didn't dump him in a regen tank. Um, that's, that's what he deserved for his bravery as a slave. But the stories he tells... He earned freedom and should have had it, except that he decided not to press, press the button to, to destroy a planet. So they punished him yeah. for that. But yeah. um, it's vicious out there. 
It really is. There are wars oh, yeah. that humanity has been dragged into that we don't even know who the good guys are. All we know is that we are on the side of the Draco and that all, every single one of our colonies or bases are in Draco territories. Yeah, well, it makes sense because they created us, so we are their property. Well, there's a lot of dispute about who actually created us. That was what we were talking about whenever you came into the into the interview. Um, I, know, I know one thing about the Draco Empire. Draco Empire has been around for billions of years. The Draco Empire has been unchallenged, unmatched. They are the first. They are the first created biological beings of perfection. They're the perfect warrior. They never needed to evolve. They're the exact same they were when they first came to be. So it's very, like, they, there's no way to beat them. You can't beat them. The only way you can live amongst them is to help them grow their minds. Or just like we were talking earlier before my phone got cut off, people are, like, talking about emotions of when someone dies. Emotions are a third-dimensional programming into human bodies to feel fear, uh, love, uh, hatred, um, obedience, and stuff like that. They program it into our bodies to make us feel those emotions, to make us scared of them, and make us obedient and fearful of them, right? Other avatars, other alien species that have been incarnated, there's really no emotions towards that stuff. Um, I'd I'd like to just chime in for a second, if that's okay. just about the, the Draco Empire, um, uh, you're right. They they have been the the superpower um, of, of our, our galaxy for for uh, millions of years uh, because they Billion were um, uh, the, the first race to develop uh, space travel. Um, but um, the, the Syrian Empire, um, this was millions of years ago. But the Syrian Empire did uh, is the only um, empire to actually. Uh, uh, get them to come to a standstill. It's such a destructive war. Uh, it's known as the Orion Wars. It lasted um, 100,000 years, yeah, a long and eventually yeah. the the Syrian Empire um, uh, was on the verge of collapse. And even the Draco had been brought to their knees, and um, they created a truce. It was the only time the Draco had ever created a truce. And this is where you get the Anunnaki from, because um, the, uh, the the Draco and the Syrians decided to create this treaty where. The ninth sector, which is where our sol- uh, solar system is located, it's a, pa- it's, um, a key uh, space corridor and passageway, um, they, uh, they uh, devised that they would create a, a race of hybrids, the Anunnaki, half Syrian, half Draco, and they would be the uh, stewards of the ninth sector and our solar system, like in our prehistory. And, um, and that's, uh, I think that's why the Draco, yes, they're still very, very much in control of um, our part of the galaxy, but they do it through a proxy. That's why they're not directly in control. They do it through a proxy, which is the Anunnaki. And um, and it wasn't until uh, World War II when the Nazis uh, made the pact with the Draco that they decided that particular faction of humanity, the, the Germans in particular, um, decided to work with them exclusively and basically, uh, you know, uh, sold their souls to the devil, so to speak, so they could become a breakaway civilization and, and escape... Um, uh, the consequences of World War II, because uh, the Allies were um, at that time at, at the highest level were actually very much supported by an opposing faction of the Anunnaki, uh, more the Enlil side, um, opposed to the uh, Anki uh, Nordic side that the um, the uh, Germans were allied with, 
and, and on, as well as uh, various types of um, reptilians and greys. So, um, and I just want to add something about World War II. The, the reason, like, that at the highest level of World War II, that's actually an Anunnaki war. What it is, is um, the, the, the Enlilites are the, um, the Jewish Semitic people. Uh, Enlil was uh, the Lord of the Command. That's what Enlil means. He was the, the, the supreme commander and the, um, of, of, of the Anunnaki um, military. And he was like Enlil, like a general. And um, he was the Lord of the Command. That's why he gave his followers the Ten Commandments, and they became um, yeah, eventually the Israelites. And uh, so the reason why um, in World War II, uh, the real reason why the Nazis um, uh, f waged a uh, war and genocide on the Jewish people is because they were actually going after the followers of Enlil as Enkiites and uh, so um, and Ramardukians. So it's so that's why they were able to make a deal with the Draco. Uh, and become a breakaway civilization. So um, uh, that's why our solar system is its um, a very complicated situation because it's not um, quite as simple as just, oh, the Draco control us. Um, there are some um, treaties in place and uh, some proxies that they use, like the Anunnaki, um, that um, kind of complicated the situation. So that's why we have various factions with different agendas that tolerate each other because um, Everyone's trying to have access to the ninth sector and, and the ninth passageway, uh, where our part of um, uh, you know the galaxy is located. It's a very um, important space corridor. So uh, it's almost like Kevin. the uh, Suez Canal. Um, everyone wants access to the Panama Canal or the Suez Canal. So that's why the Draco, the Syrians, Greys, all these subspecies and other species, they're willing to kind of tolerate each other um, in our part of the galaxy because they want access to. Uh, to like the Suez Canal, um, basically. Kevin, that's a fascinating story. What is your source of that information? That's uh, that would be the 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 recall of uh, the orientation at the LOC when they were just giving us like um, basically the the hidden history uh, of planet Earth. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but but that's the solar warden perspective based on the ET beings that they work with. Um, so I'm not saying it's 100% accurate or true. That's their perspective and that's their propaganda and their history. Mm -hmm. um, and just because um, I, I served with Solar Warden, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like what they taught us. You know, is 100% real and everyone else's perspective is wrong because I know that uh, it is a point of view. And if you were to ask a Draco what's the history of Planet Earth, and you were to ask an Andromedan what the history of Planet Earth is, or whatever uh, ET is. Uh, Every ET has a different version of history based on their own perspectives, um, but uh, but yeah, to answer your question, like they uh, they they taught us uh, at the LOC um, the real hidden history of planet Earth and why wars were actually being fought, and because uh, they're trying to sell us on the idea that um, we had to basically be like the Coast Guard and had to try to monitor um, certain craft Hello. coming in and out, and basically the only craft that were allowed to come in and out were the craft that had um, made um, deals with uh, Solar Warden and um, also deals with uh, the Fourth Reich. And uh, they explained that those were the two sides of what you would think of as the Illuminati. And, uh, and, but we still had ET interlopers that uh, came from unknown regions of space, unknown, unidentified ET interlopers that would come here to steal resources or even just wanted to pass through our solar system to like take a shortcut or, or access the portal um, uh, that uh, vortex by Jupiter that can it's like a stargate um, and it can send you um, 
Uh, it's like a wormhole that can send you to, uh, you know, other parts of the galaxy. So uh, having those capabilities of passage uh, in our solar system and in our region of space, um, a lot of ETs come here to take a shortcut and also to do trade, but then also to abduct and steal people for the human slave trade, uh, steal resources. So anyway, it's very complicated. And um, that's why Solar Warden is trying to run around trying to uh, be exactly like the Coast Guard and trying to honor all these deals and treaties. And uh, and so anyway, they, they would they gave us like this little crash course on the hidden history of planet Earth. They gave us the cell that you're basically protecting Earth against ET piracy. And we need to honor these deals that we've already made with certain ET races that they claim were helping us, uh, giving us technology to defend ourselves. Um, and so that was the cell. And so that's how they kind of got permission out of us because we were, uh, you know, young people that thought, oh, yeah, like we're this is the higher good. We're going to actually be protecting the planet. But the the negative implication of Solar Warden, which I've talked about before, but the negative implication is they're actually uh, uh, like prison wardens. Like Solar Warden is a prison warden because uh, they're the ones that are keeping us under the dome and keeping um, this all um, like contained so that um, the average surface population uh, doesn't see this stuff, isn't aware of this stuff, and they can keep it hidden. And then uh, because uh, the primitive worker, 8 billion people worker workforce on the planet is a commodity that um, is, is very much sought after in terms of, um, you know, uh, supplying genetic uh, material, slavery, um, all the rest of it. And uh, we just uh, maintaining the infrastructure of the planet itself for the royal political elite. I mean, we are a commodity, the 8 billion workforce, just like gold and silver, that workforce is a commodity uh, that is being protected um, and contained by Solar Warden. Well, I wondered why they use Warden in their name, Solar Warden, so that explains it. Uh, okay, uh, who, who wants to go next? Penny, go ahead. The, the history that Kevin has is the history that Solar Warden has that they got from the tall whites. So that is the perspective that you're hearing. Um, Nachtwaffen has heard their history from the Draco. Um, <clears throat> okay. The Americans who run Solar Warden are allied with the tall whites, with the Zetas, and with a set of beings that are extremely untrustworthy that are known as tall greys. And the tall greys actually eat people, just like the Draco do. Um, the Russians are allied with the Tau Ceti, and they look... Uh, they look like um, the character in... Jupiter Ascending that ended up being the guard for the, the queen character. Uh, they're tall. They have they have like a orangey tan color to their skin and they have dog ears. Um, so the there are people telling me that Trump is a Tau Ceti because of his orange look. Um, so um, I'm not sure if that's true or not. And he would most certainly deny it. But that's that's the current rumor going around. 
but um, there is a group that is allied with the Chinese, and they look Chinese, but they're about eight or nine feet tall, and they wear blue uniforms. Just thought I'd throw that in since the blue uniform keeps coming up. I, I wore, as my super soldier body, we, we wear blue jumpsuits with a little badge on our left chest. I remember looking um, in the mirrors and seeing that. When I was in the Mars militia, most of the people wore a tan and orange uniform. Mine was blue. And I was... I was told that I wore blue because I was U.S. Navy on loan to them. And I wore blue through my entire service, even when I was in Nachtwaffen, because I was U.S. Navy on loan to them. So there's a lot of inter interagency sharing of personnel so um, just because you're picked up and trained by one you could be working for anybody once you're out there and um, there is an agency that is called the ACIO and it's Advanced Contact Intelligence Organization and it was originally headed by A.R. Borden, who <clears throat> I have mixed feelings about the man. And he's done a lot, he did a lot of writing about it in fictional form before, just before his death. So he's one of those people like Mengele, except that he developed a conscience before he died. So it's like, okay. What do you think of this person? Do you think he's really dead, or did he just run for the hills and change his identity? I suspect he ran for. I suspect he ran for the hills and changed his identity, except that his daughter thinks he's dead. So. Oh, you've talked to his daughter. Yeah, I know her on Facebook. Okay. So. Um, oh yeah, that's like an adopted daughter. Does he have any blood relatives? Or? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I know a lot of the Anuna think he's wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, for the audience, an Anuna is a Anunnaki starseed in a human body. Um, and there are lots of them on the planet right now, somewhere around 100. 120,000 yeah, 120, Anuna on the planet right now. So there's so they're Anunnaki, they're Anunnaki souls in human bodies. Is that what you said? They're Anunnaki soul fractals in human bodies. Fractals. Because, you, because an Anunnaki soul into a human body will cry both the, the baby and the mother. So they had to split into at least 60 fractals to be able to incarnate. Mm, makes sense. So there's lots of them. Lots of them mm -hmm. out here. But, but the uh, uh, Anuna think that A.R. Borden is 
wonderful because he talks about them as being these powerful, wonderful beings. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, guys. This was a man who was like Joseph Mengele, who got a conscience before he died or disappeared. And that somehow magically undoes the fact that he was responsible for my personal kidnapping, my fracture. Can you explain to people who may not know who A.R. Gordon is, who he is a little bit? Just a brief. Um, he Why he's was, important in this discussion? Yeah. He um, was the head of the agency that decided who got kidnapped for what. That's the short version. It's the only agency who has records on all of us and, of course, is not letting any of them out. Um, there was one of their agents who would give you a summary in Skype for free even, but he has stopped doing that. So there is no way to independently verify whether or not you were actually involved. And they are the agency who can do it. And they are affiliated with wingmakers. So, so are wingmakers good or bad? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> good or bad to whom? That's what you mean. <laughs> I yeah, don't like what people like say. That. Are they good or bad? <laughs> they are the Some interface. That they are uh, the, the end all you know, means. But the other people are like, oh, I don't know enough to make an evaluation. The only thing I knew about A.R. Borden is that he met at these meetings, which included Anunnaki and a bunch of other species, and they made some decisions about the earth and where it was going and apparently I got these uh, meeting notes uh, from I think it was 2011 or something and they decided to time phase ship the, the earth out of the collision course or it was a disaster course disaster trajectory of Nibiru coming in so it worked mm -hmm. and it was unknown if it was going to work or not and it worked and now we're apparently safe and you know, what we see in the sky is not really, I mean, it's just uh, the viewers in a safe position now if they're longer threatening. That's all um, I know about it. So the other stuff I knew nothing about. <laughs> um, he, was in, he was in charge of the agency that decided who got kidnapped and for what okay. and for how long. And so I have, I have a lot of anger towards him. Because I was one of the people that was kidnapped. Okay, we got about 15 minutes left. So let's figure out what we want to do with the last 15 minutes. So uh, let's go round robin here. Sasha, we haven't heard from you in a while. What would you like to see happen uh, in this last well, segment of I, the show? I have, a, I have an interesting perspective that is uh, that... Uh, this is a holographic universe and everything is uh, a fractal of everything that is is in each of us and we're in a fractal of everything this being the case we don't have to take opposition but we can feel our oneness with uh, and, and respect every being and uh, I know that I'm I'm the only one of, 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 among us that has this perspective uh, from from the way you're talking but I think that uh, ultimately 
uh, we can uh, have the peaceful oneness if we remember our, our origin in, in the sense of we're all part of the same continuum. We all affect each other. I, I get, that's probably a non sequitur in this description, uh, in this conversation, but that's, that's where I'm at. Okay, let's go back to, um, let's see, who wants, anyway, raise your hand. Who wants to go next? I, I just wanted to out. say, um, I wanted to ask um, uh, Joel, if um, have you been in contact yet with uh, James Rink on Super Soldier Talk? No, I've died the first. Um, I went to contact this year in July, and I I met uh, Janice and Sasha, and I started talking about the story, and they were the first people to want to hear my story and help me bring it out. So I'm when when you guys tell these names, I have no idea who these people are. Okay, well, um, yeah, uh, like Penny's done an interview with him, and and so have I, and uh, and what uh, James Rink went through um, sounds like. Um, like very very similar to like what you're experiencing because um, he he was uh, uh, being uh, his consciousness was being brought into like uh, various um, avatars and and clone bodies and uh, he he was also genetically modified in the program uh, with reptilian DNA so uh, I think mm -hmm. it's worth uh, like reaching out to you to to possibly do an interview because I think uh, what you like what you have to say would really resonate with him. Uh, you know his, you know James Rink. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, Super Soldier Talk, and uh, that's just a suggestion. But uh, I, I think that would be yeah, an awesome get interview. Him, get, him to, get him to call me. Uh, I I don't know his contact information, so. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll. Uh, I think I still have him on Skype. I can. I can mention uh, him to you and uh, maybe set that up. Yeah. Yeah. Just get. You can get my number from Janice. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. James. James was the first regular interviewer in the community to interview me and um, he has a lot of interesting people on his that he's interviewed mm -hmm. uh, yeah the first the first people that interviewed me were in a Facebook group and I was <laughs> They're probably going to cringe, but I was fed up with with the stuff they were spouting and just started speaking my truth. And the, by the time it was done, the thread had seven, eight hundred comments. And I got a message from the founder of the group: "You're going to be on my show Thursday. Be ready." And I'm like, "Really? Okay." And the rest has been history. That was two years ago. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think uh, I think for Joel to connect with James, uh, that it'd be really interesting because, um, I, like, it, uh, Joel's testimony uh, it sounds just so similar to what uh, James Rink went through, and uh, so I think they would just hit it off because. Um, is he still uh, going through it, or is he is he retired? He's still going through it, but he's he's with Kruger, which is a mercenary company, and I believe that he's a captain in Kruger. But the stories are similar. It it would be it would be doing similar stuff for a different group. Yeah, before I go, how I was retired, and then uh, a couple of months back, I actually 
started to get depressed that I missed it so much because all my memories are coming back. And then I remember I meditated one night and I completely broke down to where I like told them it's my free will choice to rejoin. And then that night the reptilians came through my closet and they were just waiting for me to come back. And then they took me back and put me back in my super soldier body in the dark fleet. And then I started doing mission work with them again. And then I looked at them and I said, Oh God, I missed it so much. <laughs> well, I don't miss what I did. Um, I still have yeah, I still have four four altars active in space while we're talking and I wake up in them from time to time they're going on about what what they're they're doing and I just wake up at points and by the way your your description of the laser knife thank you because that verifies what I used in one of those altars recently yeah, I usually, um, usually cut people's heads off. So. Um, that's kind of what I did. I cut yeah. their, I slit their throats. And, and it's, it's not just not just humans. Like I'll I'll go toe to toe with some reptilian factions, and I'll just level their armies like all the time. Like it will, it always you will ha have to fight against whoever you have to fight against. You, so. Well, I was on a ship that was being commandeered, and my commanding officer and I held off a crew of 11 and he took out the person who was trying to take over the bridge and I held his six by standing in the corridor and killing anything that came through and um, <laughs> that's amazing the, <laughs> Sorry, it the, reminds me of everything yeah. the, the ET crew members are still scared of me which has made for an interesting interaction. Now, before we go, the listeners should know about this. Isn't it interesting how, like, you can watch TV shows like Star Trek, Star Wars, and Stargate, and all those futuristic shows, and Avatar? Like, people have got to remember, like, um, those stories came from what we did, right? Yes. Those are actual, like, real life, not science fiction. Those are real life stories that's going on today and that's where all the information came from no one wrote the stuff in a basement so we just thought of it this is really happening this is kind of like the world elites like throwing the truth at our face but telling everyone that's science fiction right well yeah. they, cleaned, we, they cleaned it up for tv we yeah, just saw a thing about the silence where the Cylons were uh, on Battlestar Galactica were uh, wiped out by a disease that uh, the humans deliberately planted among them. It sounds just like uh, your your thing, General, uh, where you touched the other guy and, and diseased his people. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sometimes most simple battle tactics work the best. Uh, there are energy weapons, there are nuclear weapons, there are biological weapons. There are. They prefer the psych, the psychological weapons because then they don't have to to lose any soldiers. I use the psychological weapons to control my weapons or my troops. I use the psychological weapons to move objects. Like it's more like a like an easy thought. Whatever I think happens, I can. And uh, Sasha, what you're saying before, but that uh, you know the holographic universe and everything having a. An, an aspect of the whole inside itself. Uh, like I, I do, I, I do believe that hopefully once this game gets played out um, and because uh, if everything uh, has um, a soul, uh, then uh, 
then we're all like individualized portions of source um, that see ourselves as separate, which is ego. And, um, and, and some yeah. species, uh, uh, based on their genetics, um, have, you know, lost that um, connection to source in the sense of always seeing themselves as separate and they're stuck in uh, survival mode mentality and ego-based mentality of, and, uh, and hopefully, eventually, this game will play itself out and we'll go back to living in one harmonious universe again. But, in, but I, I'm so hopeful of that, but um, the game, I think, is uh, far from being over because, of course, there's uh, regressive races that feel the need to dominate, control, kill other beings um, that because they feel threatened by them on some level. Uh, so, but that's just, you know, that's just uh, I, I, I can give ego you the in a sense. It's so one of the things that happens psychologically to people is that we have part of this uh, killer inside of us that tries to kill other parts of ourselves to suppress and push down parts of our own personality. As above, so below, you see? Yes. Um, what I say is as long as you are in 3D, there are certain aspects that are going to be along for the ride. Um, you will have survival. Yeah, the survival dynamic, absolutely. 3D yes. will always be present. Kevin, what's Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're at the end of our time together. So let's do this again sometime. Let's love and bless you. Thank and you. Aloha. Have a great evening. Go ahead. Yeah. Kevin. Thank you. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Let's imagine. If you glimpsed the future and were frightened by what you saw, what would you do with that information? You would go to who? Politicians? Captains of industry? And how would you convince them? Data? Facts? Good luck. The only facts they won't challenge are the ones that keep the wheels greased and the dollars rolling in. But what if... What if there was a way of skipping the middleman, putting the critical news directly into everyone's head? The probability of widespread annihilation kept going up. Way to stop it is to show it, to scare people straight. Because what reasonable human being wouldn't be galvanized by the potential destruction of everything they've ever known or loved? To save civilization, 
I would show its collapse. How do you think this vision was received? How do you think people responded to the prospect of imminent doom? They gobbled it up like a chocolate eclair. They didn't fear their demise. They repackaged it. It can be enjoyed as video games, as TV shows, books, movies, the entire world wholeheartedly embraced the apocalypse and sprinted towards it with gleeful abandon. Meanwhile, Earth was crumbling all around you. You've got simultaneous epidemics of obesity and starvation. Explain that one. Bees and butterflies start to disappear. The glaciers melt. Algae blooms all around you. The coal mine canaries are dropping dead and you won't take the hint. In every moment, there is the possibility of a better future. But you people won't believe it. And because you won't believe it, you won't do what is necessary to make it a reality. So you dwell on this terrible future and you resign yourselves to it. For one reason, because that future doesn't ask anything of you today. Because that future doesn't ask anything of you today. Yes, saw the iceberg. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.